0: Yes, they are. C.D. Rios with you. You know, a couple of weeks ago when I was at CPAC, I had so much fun. I love interviewing people who are sitting right across the table from me. And so I did two interviews, one with someone I've known for a long time and one with uh, someone who's new to me, and we're going to air those today. Uh, Matthew Faraci is a longtime friend. He's one of the most creative persons out on the West Coast. Uh, he's the producer of The Chosen. We're going to talk about that in parts, plus some of his other endeavors. And so I always enjoy hearing from Matt and talking to him, and you're going to enjoy that too. Also, Mark Meckler. Now, he was new to me. Mark uh, is uh, is the head of what's known as the Convention of the States. Some of you are very well acquainted with that, um, but and I was too, because I was introduced to that. As you'll hear me talk, you'll hear me describe that I've known about this for a long time. Many of you are way on board with Convention of the States, and I have not been because uh, because I had conflicting views of it, uh, but the the conversation with Mark Meckler is really a good one, and I guess you'll have to listen to see what side of it I came down on. Uh, but uh, I think you'll enjoy this very much. Uh, it's always fun to be at CPAC. There are always tons of people there, lots of gifted people. A smart people with lots of things to share, and that's uh, that's what I'm in the business of doing: is sitting and picking their brain and finding out, you know, what it is that they're into. And so I think you will enjoy this. Matthew Ferracci has some other things that he's going to tell us about. Some other, there's some children's endeavors. There's all kinds of things that are in the works coming from his. Uh, production operation that I think that you'll find interesting and you'll want to make a note of it, you know, for your children and your grandchildren. So uh, sit back and relax and enjoy. First, Matthew Ferracci, the producer of Chosen. This is Sandy Rios. Be back right after this.
2: Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
1: The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. The recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What do you want from me?
0: Follow me. All right, Sandy Rios with you. If that sounds familiar, it's because it's from the award-winning series known as chosen the chosen and interestingly enough uh the gentleman responsible for that putting it together the producer of that is matthew farachi i've known him for a long time and i remember matthew when you first told me about this you told me about this great everybody thing.
1: thought we were nuts yeah oh
0: no yeah. i didn't think you were nuts you
1: didn't you no, didn't. but
0: i think i mean i think it surpassed uh, i don't know if it surpassed your expectations did it
1: uh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes.
0: quantify it for us quantify um, that
1: So, so I was executive producer and and co-founder in season one. And, um, when, when we started the project, I mean, I thought it would do well because if you look at the pattern, um, I I call it now the top gun two factor, (laughs) um, Hollywood accidentally making content that the country loves. And it and explodes. They never understand why it it does <laughs> it's so true, well. They never understand.
0: It's um, true.
1: They're talking right now about how did Top Gun two do so well? Incidentally, that movie is more family friendly than the first one by Oh, a, oh, a lot, I tell, no, I tell, I say that to
0: people too. Yeah. Don't don't
1: judge it by the first it's, one. It's incredible. And yeah. so, um, and so, what happens is they accidentally make this content, and and uh, it it just um, explodes. It does so well, and they're always surprised. So Angel Studios came along. With this concept you remember sandy this started with vid angel remember we yes. first talked about vid angel yep so for your listeners vid angel which still exists and is growing um is a company that was created by a couple of brothers who wanted their kids to be able to enjoy family entertainment together but without sex and drugs and nudity and the things that as parents we object to and so out of vid angel and uh, so what happened was So the nice people at Disney sued VidAngel and tried to put VidAngel out of business. There was a four-year knockdown, drag-out legal battle, which thank you, Sandy, for your early support in that. And out of that moment where VidAngel was literally 40 days from going out of business, um, came this idea to make this show called The Chosen and uh, to crowdfund it. And my job was to convince Dallas Jenkins, the director, to work with the Angel Studios guys, was then VidAngel now... Angel Studios and VidAngel's separate company. And um, he he agreed to do it. And then the, the question was, could we crowdfund it? So to answer your question about expectations, did I think it would become the number one crowdfunded media project in history? No. Um, I, I hoped it would do well. Um, did I think that it would become the global phenomenon that it, it has become? No, I'm still surprised by it. You know, people come up to me all the time. Oh my gosh, it. And i'm i'm still surprised by it i thought it would do well because i always knew the audience was there i guess i even i having read all the data and studied all the data knowing for example 52 million americans looking for this actively even i underestimated the hunger for it because think about this it's one thing to say you make a show i'll watch it it's another thing to say i will give you my own money you know hundred dollars right. five hundred dollars ten thousand dollars I will invest my own money to support you in making it. That is an entirely different level. And from that came Angel Studios, from that concept came Angel Studios. Isn't that something? It's insane. It's yeah, incredible. you know
0: what? I have to say, um, I have not watched the whole, I can't, I won't claim my, something I've done. I've watched part of it only because of my schedule. But people that I know are always talking about how they love *Chosen*, And they'll say to me, you haven't watched it yet? I'll say, no, I just haven't gotten to it yet. But they love it, <laughs> love, it love it, love it. and so. Uh, Congratulations, Matt. That's a great achievement. That's not your only achievement, though I need to tell them some of the other things that you've done you the producer writer of uh, heaven quest a pilgrim's progress the movie the Pilgrim's progress. Yeah, I did
1: that a couple years ago I love
0: that I love that now that I watched with my grandkids That was wonderful Uh, the chosen of course the Tuttle Twins I don't know what the Tuttle Twins are I've heard of it heard of it, but what is it?
1: Yes, okay? so the Tuttle Twins is a children's book series that teaches kids the foundational ideas of freedom, like the golden rule, um, capitalism, the invisible hand, uh, how inflation works. Oh. So we're, we're teaching them how government works, how the world works, and what a free society looks like. Think about it like the magic school bus meets Phineas and Ferb, right? It's, <laughs> because it's also very funny, created by the Harmon brothers, uh, who, who also founded Angel Studios, di- different brothers, Daniel and some of the others, but it's both hilarious and Kids, so kids love the books, sold over 4 million copies. They now have a definitive history textbook that refutes the 1619 Project. Oh, really? Yep. Starts at 1215, ends at 1776. Um, and so we decided, well, if we could crowdfund The Chosen, let's try a TV show that teaches kids the ideas of freedom. That went on to become the number one crowd-funded kids show, animated kids show in, in history. The
0: Tuttle Twins. The, Twins. the Tuttle Twins. That's yep. how I've heard it. Okay.
1: Yep. And we're just um, in the process of finishing getting season one out of that right now and then working on season two. And um, again, parents can't get enough of it. Kids can't get enough of it. To me it's a miracle because what happens is people get mad at Hollywood and they should and then they say what? What's their reaction usually?
0: Start, I'm going to quit.
1: Yeah, or boycott. Yeah, boycott. Right? Yeah, And I always tell them that's stupid because you can't measure a boycott. And um, why not instead of boycott, go support something you believe in. That's what a- Angel Studios is going to do 300 projects like this over the mm-hmm. next five years. They uh, Angel just received 50 million in investment from Giga Fund, which is the same venture capital fund that has invested a billion dollars in SpaceX and Elon Musk. So they believe that the Angel Studios model wow. is going to change entertainment like Elon Musk has changed auto manufacturing and space wow. travel.
0: Matt, have you have, any, have you have any problems finding platforms? You did when chosen initially, right Wasn't it kind of hard to find a platform that would like a Netflix or Amazon or whatever?
1: Well, um, the, uh, the idea there was, well, it started as an angel. Thing, mm-hmm. And now the chosen is everywhere. It's on Peacock. It's on right, Fox nation. It's on,
0: but before every- that
1: Yeah, we had to create it. I mean we had to uh, the, yeah. we had to make the platform um, So it, it didn't exist and I think that's my message of encouragement to everybody what we're seeing and I just talked to a guy this morning That has a, a new cell phone service. That's that he's developed and everything is secure and they can't spy on you and all that stuff everything that we see that we don't like we just need to make our own mm-hmm. alternative to it and that's
0: what people want now before we went on the air you flipped out your phone and you yes. were showing me a whole bunch of stuff and these are some of the projects yeah is that right yes well, so give us a taste of what you're talking so, about so
1: Tuttle Twins okay I'll give you a couple more um, dry bar comedy is the largest collection of family-friendly stand-up comedy in the world I call it stand-up comedy without the guilt <laughs> I Love, (laughs) funny stand-up comedy, but I hate jokes that make me feel guilty. Yep, Mm -hmm. never happens with dry bar comedy. Oh, that's. I mean, I'm seriously, Sandy. There's this guy called Jeff Allen. I've been married a long time now, uh, twenty more than twenty years, and uh, he's got this whole bit about being, you know, married. It's so. I've listened to it three times. (laughs) So funny. It's so true. Um, The riot and the dance, another upcoming series. Uh, Get this, Sandy. A nature series like you see on National Geographic based on the crazy idea ready for this that God created the world oh
0: now that is crazy I know you must be out of your mind that's nuts Matt come on
1: that's nuts (laughs) Um, here's another one
0: can we we stop you for a second just a couple of observations on the comedy thing you may not remember but I remember that um, Bill Cosby used to do comedy stand-up years before he ever got
1: family family friendly
0: hilarious you know, stand-up stuff, and so did Andy Griffith. Yeah, they both did. They, they, so
1: Tim Allen. And people, there's a lot of people. Pe-
0: but people always say, the standard thought is that it's not funny unless it's dirty. But that's just such a lie.
1: It's a total. That's lie. just a
0: total lie. Um, and Grady Nutt on uh, uh, what was that? Laugh, not laughing, but the count, the country yeah, counterpart to yeah. it. whatever it was. He was hilarious.
1: A lot of the comedians tell us that their parents. And they say, I've always wanted to do a clean set, I just never was given the, the stage for it. And so um, Dry Bar Comedy's actually made unknown comics world famous now. They, they get a billion views a year. Oh, wow. A billion.
0: So you're gonna do a movie with them, or a series? No, that's the a series. series. That's okay. a series. Okay.
1: Um There's another one coming up called Wing Feather Saga, which is based on the books by Andrew Peterson, you know, he's a famous Christian musician. Oh, yeah, yeah, musician. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, That's coming out soon here's my personal favorite there's one being created about king david as a boy it's called david um and it's toy story oh quality animation oh cool and it's going to be distributed in movie theaters around the world
0: you know um that's wonderful because i love the story of david and then you can do daniel there's a unlimited a limitless number of people but i'm thinking on the one that you mentioned about god creating th- this is just a Years ago, Moody Broadcasting.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know,
0: which was one of the early like uh, creators of live like stories. And it was an innovator. Moody was an innovator. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, they used to do. uh, How I wish I could be more. They did a thing for children, which I absolutely loved. I always listen to this, and I'm not a. I'm not much of a little children's. I love little children, but I'm not like gather the little children around me, let me play with them. I like more more and more deep content so so I'm just telling you this was so clever it just drew me in and it was the telling of the uniqueness of each animal and created thing oh, wow. but it was done in such an entertaining way like the, the flat what is it build platypus or not just that but even even a snake and it would describe the how it works and how the colors or we talk about how animals have certain how in this one the the, the mouth is here or it it eats this way and it's done, it's that because this animal does this particular thing. Yeah. It was brilliant and I cannot find it. I've actually tried to find it, but that would be a wonderful wonderful series for you guys.
1: That's um, a very cool idea.
0: Yeah. I mean it's if so the, compelling. If the
1: creators are listening, We'd love you to go to (laughs) angel.com. they're probably dead. They're probably dead by now. this is the important piece. So, Angel Studios is not, is a, think about it as a facilitator. So, you come up with an idea, Sandy, and you say, I want to do the animal show. Here's how it works. You come to Angel and you create a concept video. The concept video is meant to show an audience, this is what the show would look like. That show goes before a jury of investors. Who have invested in other angel projects if they say i have to see this made then it goes into the crowdfunding process and the creator of the show has complete creative control the whole time so whereas hollywood buys your thing and then says we own it angel says no you own it we just want to help you fund it and distribute it so okay. it's this idea called freedom. Yes. Yeah. Again, very bizarre. <laughs> um, but we it's believe in freedom. Entrepreneurial. Yeah.
0: It's unleashing people's gifts instead of packaging it from Hollywood and sending it down and yeah. having it, You know, I just I've been watching. I watch a lot of uh, foreign films. I uh, I have oh, yeah. for years. And what did I just watch? I uh, can I watched so many. I can't remember. But the thing that strikes me, Matt, is that now they make better movies than the Americans yes. because they develop characters. Uh, they uh, this is Czechoslovakian I think or some some Slavic uh, it was just the most wonderful movie oh mrs. Harris goes to Paris have I you mean, seen that no I'm
1: going m- to it's out in
0: the theaters now and by the way I recommend it to my audience it's so clean it is a wonderful wonderful movie I will uh, and it develops characters so beautifully uh, unlike American movies which there are exceptions we've
1: forgotten how to tell stories uh,
0: but you know what I don't think anybody... It's like D.C. D.C. has become so detached from reality. And Hollywood has too. Like They they don't know any normal people. The people that live there don't know normal people, so they don't come up with normal... They don't even understand uh, everyday living or the things that compel a normal living, I think, or normal life. It's boring to them. Okay. So... um, yeah, he's taking notes, ladies and gentlemen, well, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a consultant to Matt now, because oh, he, he well, needs help. He, I'm just he thinking, needs help developing product. I'm
1: just <laughs> thinking of, besides the depressing French films, I'm thinking there's great content coming out of India. Yes. Is, Israel is creating great yes. content.
0: Yes, yeah. I've noticed that too, and uh, Australia. Yeah. And um, Well, uh, they have
1: time to create content because they're always locked down.
0: <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> the lockdown, that's true. <laughs> that must explain it. Oh, you know who else is doing great films is uh, The Netherlands. Oh yeah, they're doing some great stuff. So, uh, and I, uh, uh, I'm not kidding when I say I do this a lot. So, they're my favorite films when Mm. I'm uh, passing my time. They, I learn a lot of things. Uh, The Russians too have done some great series, like on some of the Russian leaders. And yeah, so, you taking notes yet? See, I'm Turkish. Turkish films.
1: Uh, And also, like, did did we mention South Korea?
0: No, I haven't seen. So South Korea.
1: Korea is like a film mecca now. Wow, especially for action films and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, do you say where you live now?
1: Yeah, I live in Oklahoma. Okay, let's yeah. talk
0: about that then. Yeah, you were in uh, California for years, right? Yeah. How long?
1: Oh, I can't remember. A while. Um, you know, after my, after we worked together in D.C., I went from one swamp to another, um, and the the reason I went to California was to try to work with the studios. To get them to either create more family-friendly content or m- the family-friendly content that they were making to market it, like the Peanuts movie. Mm-hmm. And then I met the VidAngel guys, and I said, "I don't need this. I don't. I don't need the studios out here. Let's make our, you know, let's make our own studio." And uh, sort of the rest was history.
0: So, yeah. do you think it's helped you to be in a middle America? Oh Help goodness, your perspective. Yes. And everything?
1: You know. Um, It's funny you say that a lot of people I know that live on you know in the big cities and the coasts There's a kind of snobbery. Yes, like they say oh, they say Oklahoma, but kind of with a uh, Like Oklahoma Um, And I always tell them you can have that attitude, but I live where the real people are Um, and the people that love their country they have great values and frankly they're the movie ticket buyers, right? That are going, they're the audience. And it's so incredible to me. I always thought this, um, years ago before American sniper came out, some studio folks asked me to, um, take a look at it. And their question was, do you think that people will like this? They said your people was the, was the, your, like your, your crowd, your what crowd. You don't look like a midwesterner crowd. by the way, no. but, the, but they know that, that I passionately care about the faith community, the religious community. Oh, okay.
0: okay. Oh, those and, are you people. Yeah. Okay.
1: And uh, you know, your crowd. And I said, if you mean by America, <laughs> I think America is going to like this movie. I mean, Americans want to be uplifted, even of all political stripes. They want to be uplifted. They want to, they want to love their country. They want to love their families. That's why Top Gun 2 did so well, I know. shocker.
0: I know, I know, but they, they still can't figure that no, out, isn't that funny? St- I'm not sure though, it's just kind of like Disney. Disney knows that people hate what they're doing, but they don't care. And like CNN, they know that people hate what they're doing, but they don't care. So I think it's a little bit of that, don't you? It's kind of like...
1: Uh, I, I, I felt like I discovered after a while, I'll just give you an example. I remember working with a, a guy who owned a company that makes movie trailers. And I said, hey, if you do more family-friendly content, you know, you'll make more money. I was just trying to make the money argument. And he said, listen, my trailer editors want to work on Fifty Shades of Grey. They don't want to work on Paddington. And, you know, okay, that's bad for business. But again, that's why Angel Studios is just blowing up because Mm. all that pent up. There's people from Hollywood flying in every day to, to Utah and saying, we want to work with you guys. So... If you want to be foolish, you know, there's this thing called capitalism. And if you want to be foolish and not make things the market wants, guess what? Other people will, you know, so now that Hollywood is not dominant anymore and doesn't own everything and all the content, and all the distribution. Now there's this new era where um, the free market can actually see content created that people actually want.
0: This might be one one good. The one good thing that came out of COVID, I'm wondering. Hollywood took such a hit, didn't
1: it? Yeah. 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 So
0: they kind of have been cut off at the knees a little bit financially.
1: And Yeah. And, and yeah. did you know this? During COVID, I saw an article. One of the most popular things that people were watching was binge watching old must-see TV shows. Oh, Happy yeah. Days. Yeah, yeah. Who's the Boss? Andy Griffith. Yeah, Andy <laughs> Griffith. Um, um, trying to think of all the old, you know, shows that I grew up on. Well, I Love Lucy had a <laughs> resurgence because... There's no feel-good, family-friendly comedies anymore. Mm -hmm. So all these old shows were people were going back to them. And again, COVID, all this depressing news. So you want to watch, you know, Tim Allen, Tool Time, (laughs) have a laugh. That's what people were doing.
0: Isn't that something, Matt? Before we say goodbye, just a personal question because I actually, your name is Ferracci, which is Italian, for heaven's sake. But you're Jewish. Jewish mother. Jewish Jewish mother.
1: Yes. So. And, and you embrace, and you ha- practice and, Judaism. And, and, and uh, halakhically, um, that means Jewish law. In Jewish law, um, if your mother's Jewish, you're, you're Jewish. Um, and now in Israel, it's, there's also, uh, you can also make what we call make aliyah. You can go to Israel and immigrate to Israel. You can also have a Jewish, just Jewish parent. Um, and they still will, um, they still will embrace you. But the Jewish mother is the key, uh, the key ingredient there.
0: So, so when you were growing up, did you practice Judaism? Your mother did, your dad didn't. I mean, I've become,
1: that yeah, I've become more, I've become, uh, th- this is funny. This is a bad word in Christ Is funny, Sandy. It's a bad word in Christianity, but a good word in Judaism. So i become more religious as I've grown up. No,
0: no, I get, yes, I get A that. A lot of
1: people no. sort of bristle at that term right, because but the way it's but, used for but Jews in I Judaism, what we say, what we mean by when we say in Orthodox Judaism, what we mean when we say religious is taking it more seriously, exactly. like, like observing more seriously. And, um, mm. I just, the, the, the more you grow up and the older you get, the more, um, the more uh, you, you know, this, the more you realize that the things God asked us to do is good for us, right? My favorite thing, Sandy, I, I'm going to come up with a new term on your show here. I call <laughs> it Evangelicals. OK, <laughs> the alliance between Jews and evangelicals is, I think, one of the most historic things in world history, mm-hmm. and it's going to change the course of the world and it's happening right now. I and I true. think evangelicals are the greatest gift that God has given to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm and we're so grateful really
0: yeah. well I think you're right and I think as like so we get as we're moving toward I think what's going to be the end of you know God bringing all things to fruition I think that's going to be more and more true I mean I think Christians of course have you as you know because you worked with us a lot we've always understood most of us that are serious about our faith we understand the connection you know I grew up my best friend was Jewish I always I just wanted to be Jewish I just think that's the most wonderful thing that to be Jewish uh, so that was my my experience, but I think, um, with there is such a bond between us. We have the same God. Such you know. a bond. Our Our Lord was uh, Jewish, and just so much at our teachings. I've just been reading through the Book of the old testament daniel oh gosh and just worshiping. Oh, just worshiping what a beautiful yeah. so, what a anyway, beautiful book so anyway d- so it's just great to talk to you matt this is the longest we've ever had a chance to talk
1: i know isn't that it's fun we, delightful. Saved, we saved it for on the air yes
0: we did all right so practically speaking to wrap this thing up well how can people people can find chosen all over the place so that's not a problem yes, angel, but
1: about, it, there's a tricky one angel.com
0: Angel.com. Wow.
1: All right. So Angel.com.
0: Angel.com for everything that you guys do. Even enjoying.
1: I can remember that.
0: <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> okay, Matthew Farachi, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. God bless each and every one of your endeavors. Thank okay. you, Sandy. You are the greatest. Okay, thank you. All right, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFRT.
2: forget to connect with sandy rios in the morning on getter or email sandy at sandy at afr.net that's sandy at afr.net sandy rios in the morning on american family radio
0: all right sandy rios back with you you know and several years ago uh, my good friend mike ferris who started home school legal defense fund and has done a million other things president of patrick henry college the founder and mike and i go back a long way pulled me aside i believe it was another cpac a long time ago and uh, we sat for a long time as he gave me a tutorial on the convention of the states and um, through those years uh, phyllis schlafly was also a very good friend phyllis didn't think the convention of the states was a very good idea so it was a bit of a dilemma for me and since then a lot of people have approached me about this and some of you who listen have approached me about it and you know i have not covered it Mainly because I didn't know what to think. Um, Two people that I really trust and believe have opposing views, and I'm not a constitutional scholar, so I have stayed quiet on it. And but I would have to say the Convention of the States has reached. <clears throat> I think we're in a different place now, and I think it's time for a discussion of that. So Mark Meckler is sitting across from me here. Uh, he's the president now of the Convention of the States. He was a f- co-founder of Tea Party Patriots. And also, um, was the Jude that stepped in when Parlor uh, got into all that mess? Parlor the parlay. Parlay? Parlay or parlor?
2: French would say parlay. We here in America call it parlay. So I've
0: called it both <clears throat> things, and I yeah. was never sure what. <laughs> anyway, I like parlay better. But um, So Parlor was started a social media company, Going Great Guns, and then Dan Bongino was involved in that, my friend Ben. Yep. And then uh, they were sabotaged by forces that I can't describe. And so uh, Mark stepped in to help them pull out of that. So, uh, so that's who he is and what he's done, at least in part. Uh, so Mark, thanks for joining me.
2: Oh, it's great to be with you. And weird coincidence, I would say, if it not for God, but I was on a long phone call with Mike Ferris this morning. Oh, no One kidding. One of my best friends, a guy <laughs> I consider a brother. And so I was up in my hotel room a little late getting down because we were just chatting and catching up.
0: Well, i tell you about my, uh, my uh, bonding with Mike came over the um, same-sex marriage issue yeah. when I was president of... Concerned Women for America, there were just uh, a few of us in D.C. in the conservative movement who held fast uh, on the, wanting a, a real strong amendment, and he was my partner in that, um, along with uh, Don Wildman and um, a couple of others, but very few. It's just amazing. There were so few of us that really were, were not didn't want to compromise on that, so I'll never well, forget thanks that. thanks for being
2: a warrior, because that was not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do.
0: No, we took some hits and um, that's alright. It was the right thing to do. I think we've seen that now. Yep. It was the right thing to do. So, Mark Meckler, let's talk about this Convention of the States. If you ask me to explain it, I couldn't. It's been such a long time. So, you need to lay it out for us, as I'm sure you've done how many times?
2: Yeah, millions. A million, okay. <laughs> the
0: million and one and once time that you've told this story. What, what, are you, what are you suggesting and why? What's the need here?
2: So, let's start with the why. Washington, D.C. is out of control. It's been out of control for my entire lifetime, to be fair. but yes. My first vote was for Ronald Reagan. Great hope, right? And, and the greatest conservative communicator in modern history. And he went to Washington, D.C. He said he was going to shrink the federal government. He put Bill Bennett in place. Bennett's job was to do away with the Department of Education. When Reagan left D.C. after two terms, D.C. was bigger. The Department of Education was bigger. And so what that showed me from way back when, all the way to now, is it really doesn't matter in the sense of growth and size and scope of DC who we have in power. DC has grown outside the bounds of the Constitution. Electing the right people is not going to fix that. In short, DC will never fix itself. So we're incredibly blessed because the founders had this foresight, they knew this was going to happen. They gave us Article 5, and Article 5 is how we amend our Constitution. Specifically and importantly, the second clause of Article 5 says that the states can gather in convention and propose amendments to restrain federal tyranny. Now, how do we know that was the specific purpose? Because we have Madison's notes. And in convention on September 15, 1787, two days before the end of convention, We have Colonel George Mason from Virginia stands, and he says this, he says, we've made a terrible mistake with the document. We gave the power to Congress to propose amendments, but not the equal power to the people acting through their states. And then he asks a question. He says, are we so naive that we believe that a federal government, which becomes a tyranny, will propose the proper amendments to restrain its own tyranny? Now, I wish we had video because I'm pretty sure they laughed because <laughs> what tyrant has ever restrained him or herself, yeah, right? Really?
0: And they knew that. They just come from the hot breath of tyranny, so it was fresh on their minds. So yeah. we
2: know, though, pretty much that they laughed because Madison's notes say nincom, which is Latin abbreviation for no comment. In other words, not one person objected to what Mason was saying. They argued about everything, but not this. And they unanimously inserted in the Constitution the second clause which says when two-thirds of states want to call a convention, they can gather in convention, propose amendments, and then send them out for ratification to the states, specifically their intent to restrain an out-of-control federal government. So that's where we are today. The government's out-of-control, D.C. won't restrain itself, and it's going to be up to us, the people.
0: If it worked just exactly like you would hope, what would they do? What would this amendment be and what would they do?
2: So the resolution is what we call a subject matter resolution. There are three subject matters open for discussion at convention. This is as designed by our mutual friend Mike Ferris. So first is they can talk about anything that would impose term limits on Congress, which is about an 85% issue, 85% of people believe in that, and federal officials. So, think of what we now know as the deep state, right? Yeah. Staffers and bureaucrats who are mm-hmm. currently completely unaccountable to the and people. And
0: running, running the country.
2: Absolutely. Setting and regulations
0: there. and rules and punishing people and finding them and arresting them without any laws being passed. Those
2: people are there for yeah. 30 and 40 years. Mm-hmm. They actually have more power than members, elected members of Congress. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is anything that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. So that would be a balanced budget no. amendment, it would be taxation caps and spending caps maybe tied to GDP, uh, population plus inflation. There are ways to limit the growth and the scope financially of the federal government. Again, about an 85% issue among the American public. No. They'll never do it to themselves. The, the balanced budget amendment no has been proposed. They're not going to vote on that and limit their own spending. They're
0: crazy. I, in both sides, you know, I was in the elevator with a well-known senator by myself and we were in D.C. and we were writing up and he said to me he said sandy we're just we're out of control and he said no one wants to talk about it right we're we're just bro- we're in so much debt it's right. we're out of control and that was a republican senator and that was a long long time ago and the republicans are as bad as absolutely as the Democrats. yeah
2: and to to add a little context to that mm-hmm. and you brought up phyllis and her opposition to this a mm-hmm. great woman who i admire de- deeply um if you think about it in 1982 we got to 32 states who had proposed going to convention over a balanced budget amendment. So it's two states away, right? Wow. Phyllis opposed that, as did the AFL-CIO, by the way, and that we had a debt of $4 trillion. That's a fantasy debt now. We wish we were anywhere, we're at over 30 trillion on book. And so the folks who've been fighting against this idea since the 1980s, I mean, I hate to say this, but they're partially responsible personally for this 30 trillion in debt we're facing right now. One last thing is, and I think this is the most important, are what are called scope and jurisdiction restraints on the federal government. And this is where we go back to the enumerated powers. And instead of allowing the federal government to do anything and everything it wants, which is what it does now, it's essentially unrestrained by the courts. We say, no, we're going to go back to enumerated powers. You could literally say things like the federal government may not be involved in education or healthcare, or energy, or the environment. These are all things, the alphabet soup of agencies, that have been allowed by the federal courts with no authority, in my opinion, under the United States Constitution. So we could essentially gut the administrative state, which is one of my biggest goals.
0: If you did this, and you had this convention of the states, Would you do all of these amendments? Would it just be one at a time? Each convention would be one amendment, or would it be several amendments? The
2: convention will address all of those. Mm -hmm. It takes 26 states to agree on an amendment before that amendment can be sent to the states for ratification. So if we can get 26 states to agree on any one, I think we'll get several out of convention. I don't think it'll be one. I think several will come probably in each of those subject matter areas
0: you actually have several states that have signed on to this right takes
2: 34 states to call so far 19 states have called on so we're well past the halfway mark I actually expect to finish this by say 2025 is my current goal. Uh,
0: well I can see that now there would be more momentum there's more of a willingness to listen absolutely and an understanding that this is just uh, they're out of control in every way okay my, my really crass way of saying it is actually mark I think if Washington, D.C. would sink to the bottom of the ocean, we would all be better off. Oh, absolutely. I'm not talking about I wish they were dead. Just m- metaphorically, the, the city place needs to go away. Needs to go, yeah. and the whole collaboration of it needs to be gone.
2: I totally agree yeah, with that.
0: A, it's horrible. It's become a nightmare for and, all of us. And
2: broadly speaking, the American people are with you on that. Yep. And we poll this stuff yep. and it's literally over 80% of Americans believe, especially the administrative state, is not for the American people. It's against the American people.
0: You know, I just talked with Congressman Biggs earlier today, and he was telling me I should have known this, but the that new reconciliation budget re- reconciliation bill, which is what I think it's the same as the inflation fighting bill that they're right. you know talking about, has all of this millions of dollars to hire new IRS agents, and of course, um, as we're thinking about this, it's it means they're going to be sent out to harass people like you and me. They're not gonna harass, uh, you know, the head of the DNC and various states. It's not gonna happen. And that might have sounded radical to some people five years ago, but now they know. Uh, This is exactly what's going to happen. I have a very
2: personal interest in that. So back in my days in the Tea Party movement, we actually funded a class action lawsuit against the IRS for the harassment of the Tea Party literally the only class action settlement I'm ever aware of the IRS was forced to pay us 3.7 million dollars not to me but to all I didn't realize that 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 you
0: guys yeah so I went
2: head-to-head with the IRS so the idea that they're gonna hire 80,000 IRS agents you're absolutely correct. It's not for general work. It's to harass people like us that oppose the deep state.
0: And people understand that's true because they see what's happening to the J6ers. Yep. They see that that's what's happening to parents at school board meetings. This is the, it's in the flavor. So they're getting, the Congress is getting ready to advance their powers and start to take the money of the people that they oppose so politically. So this is why you and yeah. I and yeah. the
2: people have to take the power away from DC. All right, so so let's do, do you want me to explain why Phyllis was opposed? Yes, to? I,
0: I would like to okay. know that.
2: And I think this is important and I'm going to, I will present their arguments as they do because I think this is important and you'll, you can find those arguments on our website. And we're not trying to hide this stuff. So what Phyllis <laughs> and a lot of people like her say is that if you get into a convention, that there will be what they call a runaway convention.
0: Yes, that's exactly All what right. she said.
2: And so what they mean by that so that we explain it so people understand is they believe that once you get into convention the delegates the commissioners from the states can do anything they want they're not bound by the resolutions passed by the states cuz every state is saying we only want to talk about those three things they will then propose amendments and their fear is that the left will somehow take over a convention and they will propose radical amendments that destroy our rights say take away our second amendment rights for example right so that's that's the overall framing but you're opening
0: of, a window for it to be misused i hear the
2: word pandora's box it, yeah. used all the time yeah. So let me explain why that's simply impossible. And then I wanna explain where that argument comes from because that's important for conservatives as well, right? We need to understand the foundation of our arguments.
0: Absolutely. So
2: here's why it's not possible. It's math. So it takes 38 states to ratify any amendment that comes out of convention. And while I don't believe and I can explain why the convention can't get out of control, Let's presume for a moment that Phyllis and everybody who makes that argument is correct. By the way, we know the number 6.7% of Republicans oppose this. That's it. That's it. It's a small fringe in America. We had Trafalgar polling poll this a couple of weeks ago, so we know the exact numbers. Okay, So if you get something that comes out of convention, let's say, for example, the repeal of the Second Amendment. My mom was a cop, my son's a Marine, we're big gun people, we're gonna fight against that. Chuck Cooper, who is the longest term litigator for the NRA, is on my legal advisory board. So sec- I don't believe Second Amendment's at risk. Let's say I'm wrong about all of that, it comes out of convention. Today, there are 24 states where you can literally carry your handgun in the state capitol. There are 14 states where you can carry a loaded long gun, your AR, across your back and walk into the capitol and sit in the gallery and watch the proceedings. Okay, now in a, I'm not saying that's a great idea. I'm just saying you can, right? So now in a country like that, explain to me how you can't find 13 states that would vote against the repeal of the Second Amendment. right? And, and by the way, in order to vote against, and this is an important procedural fact, you do nothing. There's no hearing. They don't have to vote against it. They just don't take it up. And so that's the easy thing for a state legislature to do. So the idea that you could get 38 states to ratify anything, and I'm going to put this out to your audience. out I've done this to millions of people. My email is mmeckler at cosaction.com. If you're worried about this, I understand that. Send me the amendment you're worried about in just layperson's terms. You don't need to be a legal drafter. And then list me the 38 states that will ratify it.
0: I've made that (laughs) offer
2: to many, many, many millions of people. Beck, Levin, Hannity, Shapiro, all those shows. I've not gotten, Sandy, an email in nine years because it's not possible
0: is mark levin on oh yeah he's
2: he's one of the endorsers he wrote the book liberty amendments which lays this out better than Uh, i didn't even know that i mean i
0: know mark well i didn't know that that book was about that yeah Yeah. and so
2: if you look and this is so this is another place to go is if you look at who's opposed and who's in favor right so if you look in america today every single leftist group in america that's a known named leftist group signed a press release good friday five years ago Against Convention of States. It was led by Common Cause and Center on Budget and Policy <laughs> Priorities. You know who those guys are. Okay. Right? Those are Soros Front Groups. Right. Yes. It's Planned Parenthood, it's La Raza, it's Move On.org, it's Daily Cause. Yeah. Hillary Clinton spoke out against us personally. Oh boy. So it's every in, I, I hate to be a little bit crass, every baby killing America hating Marxist communist group in America signed against this.
0: I remember with the Equal Rights Amendment that there was a time limit from the time seven you start years. this process yeah. 7 years so how long have you guys been doing this
2: so we so there's no time limit for getting into convention we've been at it 9 years now a big chunk of my life spent on this but no time limit for getting into convention oh i see the time limit is if if the convention proposes an amendment how long do the states have I to see. ratify
0: okay okay so this is the long game
2: this is the long game absolutely and but let me add We've built the largest grassroots army in America, 5.2 million people. They're engaged in elections, will be involved in one way or another in over 450 state level elections in this cycle. Last cycle it was 250. For example, our grassroots just were involved in the Ohio primary, seven races, they won six. There's an army on the ground out there. They donate their money, they walk, they knock, they make the calls. They're doing the hard political work they're engaged in the fight for life in the legislature's Second Amendment rights. Anything conservative, convention of states activists are involved in.
0: Well, it, they must be uh, because of, get, to have 19 states, that's that's very impressive, Mark. How, so tell me who your big opponents are now. Phyllis is no longer with us.
2: So it's really everybody on the left.
0: Yeah, oh, yes. And then there I are mean, two. There are
2: two others, and I would say three. One of them will be a little bit personal to you. So it's Eagle Forum is still opposed. Uh, and that's—I would say—that's waning in the sense that it was really um, the people who've been around the longest, who are you know at this point they're going home to the father. A lot of those <laughs> folks, and so we're seeing that weaken a little bit. It's the John Birch Society, and uh, and then some uh, occasionally concerned women it, we we run up against well and I'm I saw no, that actually change you know I know you obviously, I'm no longer there you no know, right? but I know that's where you come from <laughs> yeah. uh, I love penny well, I, that was
0: before that was this started no no after I left oh yeah way after, after. Left, so, so an and issue. they
2: originally were not opposed they were neutral on it kind of like you said we got friends on both sides and when Eagle Forum kind of blew up as happened over the last couple mm-hmm. of years after Phyllis's passing unfortunately I think there was kind of a jockeying for there was a lot of the membership and you know, if you're going to get that membership, you needed to be opposed to COS. That's my guess of where it came from, because Mike and Penny are also friends. And so there was kind of a detente with us in the beginning. And they've come out more. Not big. It's not a big push. But we we go up against them in the legislature.
0: I've got a guess. I'm guessing. Establishment Republicans are not down with this.
2: No, absolutely not. Yeah, they don't so like it We all. just
0: figured out why... Concerned Women for America is Okay, not that's good so yeah. I just thought I'd No, it. they
2: don't like it at all Because yeah. they don't want the power To be that's taken right, away yeah. from D.C. Yeah,
0: so that may mean A lot of other conservative organizations Would do the, uh, I won't go down the list But let me just say We're on
2: the same page There, are,
0: <laughs> there were very few of us Who were fighting against the establishment Yeah That I, w- I was at CWA And continue to do Yeah Because I think that they're Some of our worst enemies You and, honestly, and me both well, mark if people want more information what can they do what do you need them to do
2: go to convention of uh, and sign up one sign the petition that goes to your state legislators and let them know you're in favor and then two and this is most important to me sandy it's what you've been doing your whole life actually get on the playing field click on the take action tab and volunteer and get involved it's not enough to just sign a petition i appreciate people who do right. but the country's at stake and so when they do that by the way they're going to join Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, Ben Shapiro, Steve Dace, everybody that they know as Fighters for Liberty, every nationally known, living conservative who's commented on this is in favor.
0: Well, I'm going to get off the bench. I mean, uh, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate having this time with you, Mark. But. I cover so many issues it's like my brain can only absorb I don't know how you feel so much Sandy. information it's impressive. so I just kind of avoided this yeah. because of that conflict yep and uh, so this is very clear and I understand and I'm all in well God okay? bless you thanks okay? for being in the fight so I appreciate you won you. me over
2: I love it So I appreciate it. and my
0: of my listeners will be happy too so well, thank <laughs> all you, right Mark God, God bless you and thank you, God God you, you thank you so very much all right Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR talk